This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining me from uh, WQAM Morning Show, our buddy Zach Krantz jumps aboard here on uh, 90, uh, here on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, Zach? Uh, Jody, been okay? Been good? Yes, uh We've been kind of the center of the sports world for a little while. It's nice to have that every once in a while uh, where you get to talk about good things and not terrible things, especially down here in Miami. All right. Yeah, let's start there because it went good, bad, and then back to book good again, and that's your basketball team, the Miami Heat. They had opened up some distance in the Eastern Conference, playing real well, and then ran into a little bit of an issue. Lost four games in a row, including a very well-publicized tete-a-tete between your star player Jimmy Butler and your head coach Eric Spolster out on the floor, which did not look good at all, and I'm sure it caused some internal combustion because you dropped four games in a row. But it got it straightened out. Nice to have the Kings on your schedule when you really need them. Easy win. And then maybe their biggest win of the year against Boston. They're still in first place. We're down to the final five and or six games to go. What kind of shape is this team in right now as we speak? I think they're okay. I think that you you hit the nail on the head with that little patch, that four-game patch, and, of course, the internal stuff that went on. Not really internal. I guess it was external because everyone got to see it. It didn't happen in the locker room. It happened on the court. Uh, with mm-hmm. Jimmy Spo and Udonis, but you're right. They needed a game. I honestly thought that game when they they played the Knicks in Brooklyn on Friday and Saturday. I thought, and I'm sure the Knicks fans are going to be happy with this one. I thought the Knicks would be that get right game uh, for the Heat, and they ended up losing that and then losing to Brooklyn. So it was a bad stretch uh, there, and then they kind of got off the schneid with the Kings. So that's good. I think they're fine. I think they're getting ready for the playoffs. They're what Spo is doing now, and it's and it's interesting, especially down here in Miami, to talk about it. When Oladipo and Marquise Morris and all the veterans got on this team um, within the last year or so, I honestly thought that by the time the playoffs came around, those guys would be ready to go and, and fully in the rotation. And I think I was totally wrong with that. Guys like Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent, the young guys, Max Struess, who now is in the starting lineup for Duncan Robinson. I think this is going to be your playoff rotation, guys. I think those are going to be the guys in it. I think that that's what Spo has found in the last couple games after that four-game losing streak. And I think that, that was the basis of everything. Max Struess now all of a sudden 
in there as the shooter and the defender. We saw in the Boston game, he had two blocks and took a charge on Tatum at the end of the game. That is heat, and I hate to use this word too, but that's heat culture for you right there, taking the charge, playing good defense, and for guys like Max Drews, Duncan Robinson, even Tyler Hero hitting that big three-pointer when they need it, he's done it. I think they're in a good place right now, but yes, for about a week, I thought there might be some internal things going on with this team, and obviously I was I was wrong, or it looks like I was wrong, but we'll really tell when they get in that first round of the playoffs, because if they have a Brooklyn or someone like that, and they go down quickly, we'll see what happens and see what happens with this team coming offseason. Let me get your take on a guy who I thought might bring a little bit more to the table and maybe he'll just be a postseason type guy uh, was T.J. Tucker, which I thought was going to be a real nice addition for him, a guy with certainly postseason experience, championship experience, as a matter of fact. He only logs 20 minutes and change night in and night out, but his numbers aren't even as good uh, as on the other good teams that he's played for where he's been, again, a part-time contributor. Has T.J. Tucker become what he was supposed to become for the Heat? Yeah, I think so, and I think that he'll be used more. I think once play- the playoffs come around uh, in the next two, you know, two weeks, uh, six games left, five games left, whatever's exactly left on the schedule, I think PJ is going to be fully in the rotation and fully a guy that they use as their main defender, whatever team they play. They play Brooklyn, he'll be on Durant. They play Milwaukee, he'll be on Giannis. Like I think that's what is going to end up happening come the playoffs. And yeah. I don't think that his minutes were ever an issue with him or this team because a lot of guys on the team, uh, you know, I made a big deal about Tyler Hero not starting uh, and coming off the bench when it initially happened. He's embraced that role. I think guys just on this team embrace the roles they're given, and I think the conversation with PJ was, we're going to use you during the regular season. We're going to get your legs, you know, under you. You're going to be plenty fine. Come the playoffs, that's when we want nasty PJ Tucker because, like you said, he brings a ton of experience to this team and – the defensive play that he's shown in the last couple of years when he has been in the playoffs and, and been in the finals like he was with Milwaukee, that's exactly what he signed up for down here in Miami. That's exactly what they expect out of him. All right, so he do have the lead in the East. Finishing schedule, okay. Chicago, Toronto, Charlotte, Atlanta, Orlando, not world beaters there. Is it important for their mental psyche to finish first? Uh, we can get into the whole matchup thing. The Nets could be coming through from down the bottom, but they could be seventh or eighth. So you don't know. You want to finish first or second? Probably not. Right. They're going to know till the last day of the season. So how important is it that the Heat finish first? I think at this point they've been first for you know a while now. They kind of you know outside of Boston, kind of taken up there, or another team taking you know Milwaukee maybe getting up there for one day. The Heat's been there for a while. I think for, at this point, if you're Eric Spolster in this team, you want to finish strong. You don't want to finish with a couple losses. They're not going to sit, guys. I don't think this is going to be the circumstance where, you know, they, they, they do a rest night. Jimmy's missed plenty of games. Bam's missed plenty of games. Kyle Lowry's missed plenty of games. Tyler Hero, that's their, their fantastic four, I guess you could say. And they've missed tons of games this season just by itself, whether it's personal reasons or injury. So I don't think the end of this is going to be well, let's sit a guy. We're not worried about getting the one seed. I think the mentality at this point is let's get the one seed and let's get the East to go through Miami, whether it's Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Chicago, whoever, Boston, whoever it's going to be, if they can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, let's have that extra game at home. I think it is important right now to Spolster in the seed team. The last, uh, you and I have both touched on already the little tete-a-tete on the court on camera between Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster. It was a couple of games ago. They have put back-to-back wins together after that uh, little bit of a downfall. 
Have they put it behind him? Have they put it off to the side? Is it going to be okay going forward? Is it a bubbling cauldron that's ready to go off again? Where are your star player and your star coach at with each other right now? I think what ended up happening was is that this, I mean, this type of stuff I'm sure goes on with teams uh, when there's arguments or stuff, not as well publicized as this because it's in the middle of the game. Um, I think what ends up happening with this team or what ends up happening uh, behind closed doors was a, a meeting where we're hashing this out and no one's leaving the locker room until we hash this out. And it might have even been led by Udonis Haslam. He is the captain of the team. He is the glue to that team. He is the, the culture word that everyone outside of Miami hates hearing when you talk about the Heat. He's that guy. I think he got in the middle of that when it came on the court with Spolstra because that's just what Udonis is. He might not be playing minutes. He might not be putting up points for this team. But he's kind of the player coach at the end of that bench. And what I think ended up happening with Jimmy was they got to him in the locker room and they said, we have to stop now and we have to figure this out now. What's bothering you? What has to come off your head? What has to come off your chest? What do you need to say? Spo, you want him in the room or not? That's the kind of leadership that's on this team and in this locker room. And I think that some teams or you know, in, in all sports need something like that to keep going and to get past it quick. You never hear about stuff with the Heat when it comes to off-the-court stuff or personal stuff. They're very tight-lipped. I think a closed-door meeting happened and everything now is behind them. But it is Jimmy Butler who's had issues in the past with a couple different teams and players. Hopefully, that's what the case is because if not, I think you might be right at the end of what you said before. If this bubbles up and goes into the playoffs or goes into the offseason, this could be a nightmare for the Heat team. Zach Krantz, uh, morning show co-host from WQAM down in Miami, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, uh, put the heat aside for a second. You've been kept just as busy by your football team down there. <laughs> I, I got to give credit to the Dolphins. I almost give credit to my Jets because they were in the mix, uh, and specifically the Kansas City Chiefs. They kind of kept this whole Tyree kill uh, is available thing under wraps. I hadn't heard anything about it until I got a text go, hey, the Jets are getting close to getting Tyreek Hill. I said, excuse me? What the hell are you talking about? And before you know it, we found out the Jets were a stalking pony to raise the price on the Dolphins, and he Ooh. ended up in Miami. Were you guys as surprised as uh, yours truly was up here? I didn't even know Tyreek Hill was on the market. Jody, I'm going to be honest with you. That thing came out, the tweet came out from Schefter at like, I don't know, 9.30, 9.45 in the morning. We're on till 10 a.m. I read the tweet, or it came out right after the show, maybe. I'm not even sure. It's such a cloud in my memory at this point because I still can't believe that it happened. Uh, I was shocked. And my initial reaction was, okay, there's a chance to get Tyreek Hill. What's it going to cost? And then you read the tweet again because I had to read it about six times to make sure I wasn't reading a fake tweet or someone fake on social media putting it out there. As a Dolphins person down here, I see the Jets in the mix also. My first reaction is you can't let the Jets have them. If it was another team, if it was the Chargers or the Rams or the Raiders, at that point you might lose out to them. That's fine. But as a Dolphins person down here to fan for as long as I can remember, you can't let the Jets have that guy. But at that point also that these two teams are going to bid for him and the Dolphins had to outbid. They obviously didn't know what the Jets were offering, but they had to outbid him. I don't trust the general manager in Miami making draft picks anyway. He has had five first-round picks in two years, missed on possibly three of them. Two is going to be that third one. We'll see. He hit on the two last year with Jalen Phillips and Jalen Waddell, but it was 29-50 and 50 were the two major picks in there. I wasn't upset with that. When you get a guy like Tyreek Hill, yeah, you got to pay him a ton of money 
You got to give them 30 million and 70 guaranteed. You know what? Not my money. So I look at it as if you can get the player down here and collect stars and try to make this the year that you really get an answer on Tua, you got to do it. But my initial reaction, Jody, as a Dolphins guy, you can't let the Jets get that guy. No way. Uh, thank you very much. Rub some salt in the wounds. Uh, and by the way, yes, <laughs> big contract, $30 million per. No way. He's never seeing year four and year five of that contract. It's no, a three-year right. three seventy and change million, not a five-year right. 150. Uh, those will either be renegotiated or Tyreek Hill will be somewhere else three years right. from now. Uh, you mentioned Tua. And, yeah, this is kind of a key year for him. Every team in the league that has a young quarterback says the same thing every year. Well, we got to put more weapons around him. We got to give him more help. We got to build a line in front of him. To the Dolphins' credit, going out and getting Tyreek Hill and getting probably the best offensive lineman on the free agent market this year, they really have gone leaps and bounds to make things easier for their young quarterback next year. Agreed? Right. Right. And not only that, but what they did in the offseason when they brought in Mike McDaniel, who is kind of the unknown outside of what we've seen him scheming with Shanahan in San Francisco with that run offense, a uh, run based offense and the RPO that goes down here with Miami. They've done everything. There's no excuses for Tua this year. If at the end of the season you don't know about Tua, you don't know if he's the franchise guy, then he's not the franchise guy. You already have your answer. He either is going to be or not going to be at the end of this season coming up. And, yeah, of course you hear that about the young quarterbacks all around the league. They've done tons. Like you said, signing the best left tackle, signing a guard out of Dallas, bringing in three coaches, including the uh, uh, offensive coordinator, offensive – all these guys are offensive line guys. And we have a lot of young draft picks on the offensive line, including a first-round pick from a couple of years ago that I'm calling a bust, Austin Jackson. He was the 18th overall pick, and the guy started at left tackle, moved to left guard, and now I don't know where he's going to be on this offensive line. But they brought in all these guys to fix it, the offensive line. They brought in Mostert. They brought in Chase Edmonds for the run game. Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, they've done a ton. They brought back the city yep. on the franchise tag. Jalen Waddle's already here. No excuse. Either Tua is the guy by week 14 or 15, and we kind of already know, or by week 14 or 15, we're talking about the fact that now Miami's got two firsts, a second, and two thirds in next year's draft. Where is there a disgruntled quarterback veteran somewhere that we could trade all those picks and bring down to Miami with this offense? That's going to be the consensus, I think, by the oh, the last quarter of the season, the last four or five games of the season. If the answer is not there yet, the answer is he's not the franchise. They did subtract one weapon today, and they could afford to do that, so they did, moving Devonta Parker. Here's the surprise, sending him to the Patriots. I thought they'd send him to the NFC, get him the heck out of there, and they didn't get a ton in return, a third-round pick, but they had to give Miami the player plus a fifth, so all they did was move up from a five to a three. Parker's still a legit. He's not a star wide receiver, but he's a legit wide receiver. Number one, were you surprised at, at my, at least my opinion, the small amount of compensation they got? And number two, they gave him to a division rival. Yeah, the compensation I knew wasn't going to be a ton for Devontae because he's injury prone. He, uh, in the last couple of years, I've given up on him. I've loved him. I've given up on him. I've loved him because he doesn't <laughs> play four or five games. Then he comes in and has six catches for 119 yards and a touchdown in the end zone that went 50 yards downfield. You're like, wow, this is the guy the Dolphins draft in the first round. Then he doesn't play four weeks because he tweaked his ankle in practice. Uh, I, I, I kind of knew what the compensation was like, but – Trading him to the Patriots, that's a nightmare. I don't want that to happen because guess what? You trade a guy like that in the division, he thinks him twice a year, 
if he's going to play two of his best games every year, now it's going to be against the Dolphins. He's going to come out that week like it's his Pro Bowl week, his Super Bowl week, and he's going to want to destroy the Dolphins and show them they made the wrong choice by trading him. I didn't care about keeping him down here. He would have been the third or fourth receiver in this lineup, and he had a low cap number for the Dolphins, so I figured at that point they would keep him around. I was shocked when I saw the Patriots were the team they were trading him to. You're right. I thought anywhere else outside the AFC East is fine. Instead, now he goes to the Patriots. And guess what? The last time, well, there's been one Isaiah Ford in the middle of all that. But the last time the Dolphins made a trade with the Patriots like that, they traded Wes Welker for a second and a seventh-round pick. Right. Like I'm not saying that Devontae Parker is Wes Welker. Wes Welker is a very good receiver. He's now on the Dolphin you know, coaching staff as the wide receiver coach. But that was the last time a major trade was made, I think, between the Patriots and the Dolphins, especially for a wide receiver. And I thought we were great with that trade. Hey, a two and a seven, that's good. I don't know if Wes is going to be that good. Boy, do we look like idiots for that one. I hope we don't look like idiots for this one also. Yeah, Brady can do that to you. That's what he did with Right, Wes right. That helps, uh, too, when you have Tom Brady. Right. right. I mean, and, uh, and I like uh, Mac Jones, but he's not Tom Brady either, so I don't no, think you have no, to sweat no. Wes Wilker, <laughs> the redux. Uh, but it just, uh, for a Jet fan like myself, Bill's at a team to beat. Dolphins are much right. improved. Patriots make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. And then there's me and the Jets. Thank you very much. Uh, drive home safely. Zach, great stuff. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it whenever you come on. Glad to hear the wife's doing well. Thank you much for a couple minutes tonight. Jody, you're the best. Anytime you need me, I'm always here. I appreciate it. Zach Grant said a hell of a job. Morning shows on WQAM in Miami and whenever he hops on with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.